Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. Ah, the first edition of the 2019-2020 College Basketball Dream Preview Podcast. Of course, I am Brad Powers. He is A.J. Hoffman off last year, our first year doing the college basketball dream preview. Very successful first season, winning season on best bets, and a winning season as far as feedback from you guys, the fans. i got to be honest with you, A.J., before I welcome you in here, I'll tell you what. My Twitter mentions for about the last month, half of them are, when are you going to be doing that podcast? When are you doing the college <laughs> basketball podcast with A.J.? When's it going to start? I'm like, dude, man, I can't even win in college football right now. I got the NFL. Uh, I got, you know, straight out of Vegas I'm doing all this other stuff. I mean, when do I fit in the time to handicap 353 Division One college basketball teams? But apparently, coming to all your guys' rescue, Mr. A.J. Hoffman, who's off to a really good start as far as the college basketball season. Yeah, so far so good. And uh, I actually had a, a nice little run. Pre-game wouldn't allow us to put in added like extra games into the uh, software for a while. So and I love playing those early in the season. I think they're really, really soft lines. So I just started tweeting them out, putting them up in the pregame forums, and they were really, really successful. So I think we we may have built up a little bit of hype there. And I'm like like unsustainably successful. I think it was like twenty seven and six or something like that. So nothing that could last, but it was enough <laughs> to to get people's appetite roaring for some college hoops. So uh, now pregame figured out that, oh, maybe it makes sense for us to uh, start letting the people who pay for these things get them. So they changed the software. I can add those added games now. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I'm, I've been waiting for you, man. I, I told you maybe you should quit doing this college football thing, get back to basketball if you're having that bad of a season. <laughs> no, I got to finish strong. Got to finish <laughs> strong. People, even as bad as I am in college football, I mean, people still, there's still more of a, a want for football than basketball, but football's winding down. Well, we got about a couple weeks left here as far as college uh, basketball or college football goes. The haze in the barn with college football. Yeah, the haze in the barn, certainly. And uh, obviously, full it goes full time for me. You know, right after the start of the new year. So, for those of you that are listening for the first time, uh, here's how we work the college basketball dream preview. AJ and myself, once we get into the routine here, I get it's the holidays. Everyone's on different schedules. Likely, we're not going to have a, a podcast next week. The schedule's very light. College basketball kind of has a little bit of respect for college football. The schedule's very light as far as big games next week. So we're unlikely to have one next week. And then after that, uh, we'll be picking it up and we'll be doing a couple of weeks. So you're not going to you know, miss any of the biggest games. We'll cover the biggest games of the week, the ranked-on-ranked matchups, the other I- intriguing matchups. Uh, throughout the course of the week. So we hit all the big games throughout the course of a couple podcasts each week. They usually get posted on Mondays and Fridays. So the Monday podcast will cover you for the early week action, the weekday action, and then the Friday, the one that gets released on Friday, will cover you for both Saturday and Sunday action. We'll also hit some of the major, you know, key factors, handicapping factors that I, you know, might be seeing out there in the marketplace. In this particular podcast, we're going to hit on the three-point uh uh, line being moved back and how it's impacted college basketball totals and scoring so far this season. So we'll usually hit on that. One thing, for those of you that do listen to the college football and NFL podcast, one thing different with this one is obviously we're, we're, we're projecting forward several days. So with college basketball, you don't have lines on these games. So what we do, we try our best to come up with, you know, a projected line of the game and we'll give you our buy price on where we think there's value, but there's a lot more line projection going on here because a lot of these lines aren't going to be readily available as we're taping the podcast. Am I missing anything, AJ? Run down here? No, it sounds sounds good. Well, with that, without further ado, let's get this thing started. Showtime! Woo! All right. I mentioned it, and, you know, just for those of you that are coming in uh, cold as far as, you know, you haven't been paying attention 
to too much college basketball for the last you know four or five weeks since it started. The major news as far as offseason rules, regulations, three-point line moved back about almost a foot and a half this year. So it's back to the international line uh, right around 22 feet, two inches. Uh, it was 20 foot, nine inches prior to this year. So what's been the impact uh, of moving that three-point line back in college basketball? Believe it or not, this shouldn't come as a surprise. Right now, college basketball teams struggling, hitting only 33% of their three-point shots so far this season. You go all the way back to when the three-point shot was instituted way back in 1987, 33%. Where would it rank? How about this? Dead last. We're talking 30 30 plus years, dead last as far as percentage goes. Still hasn't stopped teams from and players from attempting. Still attempting threes at a historic level. I mean, nearly 38% of all shot attempts are threes. That's the second most ever. Uh, going Last year was the most ever, obviously, as the game's changed. More uh, teams, players are relying more on the threes. You can thank the Golden State Warriors for that. So where does it come into Vegas? Well, if you got teams struggling shooting the threes, they're still taking a ton of threes. Well, scoring's been down. Five points per game versus the past four years. And uh, at the start of the season, I'll tip my cap to you. Uh, you, If you were betting the under, you were winning. Uh, still even at this point, we're talking thousands of games. If you blindly bet the under in every game so far, you're hitting about 52%. But that number was much higher earlier in the season because, you know, it, it, it took Vegas a little bit. But if you're, if you're just blindly betting the under the last couple of weeks, 50%. So it took... It took Vegas about a month and the markets uh, to adjust for a month for, for the lower scoring. But right now, all that value that was early in the season on the under kind of be swept away. How, how did you approach it, AJ? Because uh, I'm going to be perfectly like an open book here. I haven't, you know, it's not like I've been looking at college basketball 30, 40 hours a week. How, how, did, how did that impact your early season handicapping? Uh, it, it actually, I mean, it helped me some because I'm generally an under player. Uh, so the, a lot of the, I don't think that there was much of an adjustment made by Vegas early on, but you're right in the last couple of weeks, you've really started to see it, uh, it, you know, move some lines a little bit from what you would have, what the, the Ken Palm and things like that would tell you the lines would be, uh, it's been pushed a little bit. So didn't affect me a lot, but it, it is to me, it's now even more valuable if you've got a team that is hitting threes because you know, yeah. the last several years, so many teams are strong from outside now, I, I mean, there's not nearly as many. So when you've got them, they're actually very valuable. Great point uh, on your behalf and teams that are excelling. We're starting. We're seeing it re- reflect obviously in the records and teams, particularly you know, let's say like a North Carolina who's really struggling from behind the arc. I mean, one of the major reasons why North Carolina is struggling as far as the, the the scoreboard goes, it's you know the shooting. So we'll be touching on that real quick because you know I'm bad at this. I forgot to mention. The credentials for AJ Hoffman for those of you that aren't, uh, you know, you don't, you're not hearing him as far as the college football and NFL dream previews go. But this is a guy that uh, is the program director. Is that fair to say? I, that is the fair to say. That's All right, the job. program director, host of the number one afternoon sports talk show in the number four market. Is it Houston in the country? Number four uh, num- or number, number three? five market? Number five. Number five. Who's four? Uh, Dallas Fort Worth ahead of us. What? When did that happen? Uh, Houston's a bigger city, but because Dallas and Fort Worth are in one media market, their market is bigger. Oh, than all right. So is the I'm sorry for going off on, on a beaten path here. So is TV markets different than radio markets? Yeah, they are. TV market Houston's four, right? I don't even know. Oh, wow. All right. I can lie to you. I'll just lie to you and say yes. <laughs> but anyway, still a top five market. In the country, the number one sports talk show, uh, as far as the afternoon drive goes, he is A.J. Hoffman, an extraordinaire. Not only is he handicapping college football, the NFL, college basketball, running a uh, you know a station there, the number one station uh, in a top five market, but this is a guy that's also you know running a family at home. So, I mean, I- I'll tell you, man, time management, AJ Hoffman kicks Brad Powers' ass in that department. So just a tip, <laughs> tip of the cap to you, buddy. Uh, and, and another thing for those team of you no who, sleep. 
I guess not. I don't know how you did it. Cause you, I mean, I do a, a weekly hit with you and you know, you kept saying, Hey, when are we doing the college basketball? When are we doing the college basketball? I'm like, dude, where are you finding time for this right now? I'm at like 70, 80 hours a week. We're just handicapping football and doing all these shows and everything. I get it. You, I mean, you do more airtime than I do. I don't know how you're doing it, buddy. Kudos. Thank you. One other quick thing for those of you listening, uh, Dave Esler will, will be giving you his best bets each and every podcast. And Sleepy Jay will also be featured in this podcast. So we're loaded here when it comes to the college basketball preview. One other thing I want to mention before we get into some games here, the lack of pair. I mean, a lot of parity. I shouldn't say lack of, I should say lack of a dominant team so far in college basketball. This is even the something, you know, the novice. If you just been, you know, I'm sure you've heard about the, the historic number of number one teams that have gone down. This is the first time ever in the AP poll era. We're going all the way back to almost World War II. Four different AP number one teams have already lost. First time that's ever happened before January 1st. And this happened like a couple weeks ago. So with a month to spare, first time, four teams that are ranked number one already lost. And there's only four unbeaten teams left. Believe that? AJ, only four unbeatens left. A lot of parity so far in college basketball. And speaking of parity, let's go to a couple with our first game on the board here. couple of some of the best mid-majors in the country. We got VCU at Wichita State. This is Saturday action. It'll be a noon Eastern start time on ESPN2. Now, b- before I get into the projected line, how do we come up with it? Now, I'll have my own set of power ratings that encompasses a hell of a lot. So I'll have a better idea here. Give me guys a couple of weeks, and then I'll post all my power ratings on 350 teams. Let me finish college football in the next couple of weeks, and then I'll have it for you. But we just took an average between Ken Palm, Jeff Sagarin, obviously looking at the home uh, court advantage here. Projected line in this one, Wichita State, a five-and-a-half-point favorite over VCU. Looks like, AJ, you got the stronger opinion here. You like Wichita State. I do. Shockers uh, nine and one straight up, six three and one against the spread, including three straight against the spread straight up wins, uh, beating Oklahoma and Oklahoma State in the process. Couple good solid wins for them. As usual, VCU it, they identify as a defense first team, but Wichita is actually the better defensive team uh, per KP metrics and, and op- opponents points per game. Wichita's at nine and one, despite the fact that Dexter Dennis, who was supposed to be their best player this year. He was a 40% outside shooter last year uh, with McDuffie and Haynes Jones leaving. He was supposed to be the man. He's been bad. He's shot just 24% from three this season. He's averaging seven points per game. But I think while normally VCU isn't a team you get right against, I think the fact that they he's going to be the outlet out of these, uh, these traps. So he's going to have some clean opportunities. He's going to need to be good for Wichita State to have the kind of success they were hoping for this year. I think this could be a get-right game for him. And VCU have been very disappointing against the spread. They're 2-9 and nine against the spread, and this is just their second true road game. Their last one was actually their last game. They won by five over Charleston. Charleston sits 111 spots lower than Wichita does in Ken Palm. Uh, Wichita is a, a much better rebounding team, and because they protect the ball, they're 32nd in the country in turnovers. They should have a significant edge in possessions because VCU counts on those turnovers because they don't rebound. I think Wichita takes care of the ball. Uh, they VCU doesn't get as many turnovers as they normally do. Wichita gets extra possessions off of rebounds. I like them to cover the five and a half here. Yeah, you get agreement with me. Uh, I lean Wichita State on top of what you're mentioning. Uh, obviously, Wichita with an edge uh, on the boards. You know, you look at VCU's, you know, profile, and you see that they played a couple of top 40 teams, and the results look pretty decent. I mean, they only lost by three to Purdue, only lost by three to Tennessee. There's also a game where, you know, VCU beat LSU by two, and I think some of those results, the more marquee games, making VCU a little expensive. How do I know this? VCU has failed to cover the spread six straight games, so they've been a little expensive from those, you know, marquee performances, good, solid efforts against some of the better teams on their schedule. I worry about the spot here. I mean, VCU's playing their third game in six days. Wichita State's you know nice uh, and healthy, can look forward to this big game, haven't played in a week. So, yeah, you, you get agreement with me. Lean, Wichita State. Again, projected line minus 5.5. Any closing thoughts on this one? 
No, that's all I got, man. All right. And looking at my notes, nothing from Sleepy or Dave Esler. So, uh, guys, we'll hit in. We'll, this is be a, kind of a fast-paced show. Uh, I mean, as we move along, obviously, there'll be more topics as we get closer to March uh, and, and a little bit more of, uh, I'll, I'll say this, uh, you get a little bit more narratives as the media tends to, the, the coverage uh, on college basketball increases. This is a big game on Fox, noon Eastern tip time for this one. A pair of ranked teams. Yeah, number one, Kansas. I think number one by default at number 18, Villanova. And this one's going to be played uh, in the Wells, at Wells Fargo. It's still in Philadelphia uh, for Villanova, but it is off of their normal campus uh, arena for them. We'll go with the projected line of Kansas minus the three and a half here. And, oh, wow, some disagreement here. I'll let you lead the way. Uh, AJ, uh, you're you're leaning with the the Wildcats here. Yeah, I, I lean with Nova here. This is uh, mostly because of the what we've seen happen to all the other number one teams. And you said Kansas mm, by point. default. Uh, this is going to be their first true road game, unless you count Chaminade, which I, I don't. But uh, Kansas's two toughest games this year: a loss to Duke, who was the 12th adjusted offense, and an overtime win versus Dayton, who's the seventh adjusted offense. Nova's third in adjusted offense in the country, so I, I think that that's what that's what Kansas struggles with is solid offenses. The problem is though, Villanova is not a great defense, and, and both the teams that have beaten Villanova are top ten in adjusted defense, which Kansas is. The the the, the reason I lean Nova, they're six and one against the spread versus Kansas in the Wright Self era. So since Jay Wright and Bill Self Self have been coaching there. Six and one, Jay Wright against the spread, and a lot of those were as a dog uh, with Villanova as a dog. And last year's matchup, you you go back to the uh, th- their matchup last season around this time of the year, and you look, and it was mostly four dudes doing the scoring. It was LeGerald Vick, Lawson for Kansas, Pascal and Booth for Nova. All those guys are gone. Uh, Gillespie and Dotson are the only notable holdovers from last year's game, so you can't really even take anything away from that game last year. I, I, I feel like Kansas is the better team here, but being on the road as number one, it just feels like this is the kind of spot where Jay Wright's team steps up and gets a big win. Solid. Disagreement. I actually like Kansas. So if you want to push the old green button on me, and for those of you that are listening, it sounds like this. Uh, it's usually a crossfire when you have two likes. Are you willing to go up uh, from a lean to a no, like? No. This is this is probably my lean my my weakest lean of the uh, whole of the whole okay. card. I, I just I, I it just because it, it's literally just a gut feeling. It, it's me not trusting the the number one teams and the way that it, that everybody else has handled being number one, and just the the the, the history that Jay Wright's had up against Bill Self. Fair enough. I certainly don't like Villanova better. And again, explaining it uh, here, likes are, are bets for us. We, we like it enough that we'll bet on it. Leans are if, you know, you gave us a $20 bill, you know, this is who we'd lean with in the game. If you have to, to, to have some money on it, we would lean that way just to clarify that. And then, of course, we have best bets coming at the end. I'm on liking Kansas here, and here's why. Uh, you mentioned I think the weakest unit on, on the court is going to be the Villanova defense. Uh, it's barely in the top 100, according to, to Ken Palm's uh, adjusted defensive efficiency. And that's another thing I should explain. You're going to hear us say Ken Palm a lot. It's Ken Pomeroy. It's a site. It's real easy. It's KenPom.com, K-E-N-P-O-M.com. I think it probably has more market influence than any other single site, uh, probably in any other sport. Can you think of something else that has more of an influ- no. market influence? Yeah, nope. I, I can't think and, of anything in any other sport that has more of an influence than Ken Palm does in college basketball. And and if you don't subscribe to Ken Palm, you, you shouldn't be betting college basketball. I'm I'm a big believer in that. I, I totally agree. If you're handicapping, if you're betting it, I mean it's twenty. I'm not going to shill for the guy too much because we're already going to be mentioning his name a ton. But it's twenty bucks a year, guys. I mean, it's well worth it. I, I mean, to get advanced metrics, it's all the analytics schedule. It's in a you know antiquated kind of format where it's so easy to to understand. I mean, it's I can't believe no one's come up with it for college football yet. Maybe that's what I need to do. Uh, <laughs> we'll put that on the back burner now. Going back to the handicap here, why I like Kansas. 
you know, I just I've seen Villanova play a couple of decent teams so far this year, and they've only played two top fifty teams. Twenty five point loss to the Buckeyes and a nine point loss to Baylor. And I'm just not seeing the buy sign. They failed to cover five games in a row. And, you know, I, I'm not particularly thrilled with Kansas's resume so far, but, you know, Dayton's a pretty good team. And statistically speaking, they're, they're the far superior team, but you're going to say, well, that's why they're favored. They're going to be favored on the road. I, I like the Jayhawks here. And I'll, I'll lay the, the, the projected line of three and a half. Any closing thoughts? No. What, do you, what, what number do you like it to? Ooh, good point. Because uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if if our projected line is ends up being a little bit low. You think it's going to be a little bit low? I think it might be a yeah, little. Yeah, I'll bit take low. it up to five. So another you know point okay. and a half of leeway there. And, and keep in mind as we're projecting these games, I'll have look the market can be inefficient this, this time of year. That therefore a, a pro, line projection projection can be a little more inefficient than what it'll be certainly three four weeks from now, and I, obviously far less. Uh, uh, efficient compared to what it'll be come March. So, you know, bear with us. Uh, the, again, no lines out. We're taping this on a Thursday. We're talking about games on a Saturday, so there are no lines out there. So buy price to me would be up to five on Kansas. Moving along here, and this is going to be a big one. We're going to come out here uh, guns a-blazing because not only do I have a best bet on this game, but so does pregame's Sleepy J. Sleepy, we're going to Missouri and Illinois, a neutral site game played in St. Louis. It'll tip time 1 o'clock Eastern on the SEC Network, Missouri, Illinois. Sleepy's best bet is? Illinois, Missouri, under the total of 131.5. I think this has the potential to come out around 132, but I feel quite comfortable playing this under around 128. Missouri, if you take a look at them on the season, just a dead nuts under team. This team has gone under game after game after game. And the reason is because Missouri's defense is very, very good. Currently right now, 14th scoring defense in the nation. And they have the 17th field goal percentage defense, which is actually very, very strong across the board. I think Missouri can slow down Illinois. Illinois' offense has looked pretty good this season. But I think some of their numbers are skewed because of some of the terrible defensive teams that Illinois has played, they've put up some big point totals. One of the things I like about Illinois is the fact that they rebound the basketball very, very well. A very tough inside team. Speaking of teams that are tough on the inside, Missouri is one of those teams. But one of the things that Missouri does on defense, they try to make you play in front of them. They don't want you at the free throw line. They don't want you shooting threes. And one of the things that Illinois really lacks is three-point shooting. Three-point shooting for this team, 308th in the nation as far as attempts is concerned. Missouri, on the other hand, is another team that just simply doesn't shoot a ton of threes right now, right around 200th in the nation. So if I'm looking for an overplay, I want teams that shoot threes. These two teams simply don't do that. Another reason I like this under, I believe that this game won't be played all that sloppy. And when you have sloppy play and three-point shooting teams... You generally get a lot of baskets in transition. I think we avoid that here. So I'm going to go ahead, guys, make this one official. I'm taking Illinois, Missouri under the total. I feel quite comfortable playing this under around 128 points. All right. You got full agreement with me, Sleepy, because my best bet is also on the under in this Missouri-Illinois game. All right, we're going under, and you know I'm thinking it's going to be right around in the 130 range, in between 130 to 135. You know, I'll I'll take it even down to 128 here. So I, I got a lot of wiggle room. Obviously, every half point to point matters, but again, with us having to project forward here, uh, give us a little bit of leeway. But I like the under here. Obviously, it's been the play so far in Missouri games, 9-1 and one to the under. And I know a lot of people are going to say, I could just hear the, the Twitter people, but shouldn't they, with 9-1 and one to the under, shouldn't that, you know, make the, the under expensive Missouri games? 
college basketball market so inefficient. I mean, what was Nebraska a couple years against the spread? They went like 17-1 and one in an 18-game stretch. I mean, high-profile teams can go on these runs eight, nine, ten games. This isn't like football where the market adjusts after like two, three games and you, you start paying premium on these teams. It's just not the same. So mispricing with under uh, as far as Missouri games already this year. Neither team runs pace. They're Neither of them are in the top 200 in tempo. We talked about the three-point shooting teams that are struggling. Missouri's struggling just about as much as any team in the country from behind the arc. Number 336 in three-point field goal percentage. Illinois is not that much better. They're number 279. Uh, add that all up. You know, Missouri's really good at defending the three. It's a neutral site game, so there could be different sight lines for both teams. Uh, the spread's going to be relatively close here. Uh, you know, AJ's going to tell you that he, he really likes a side here. He doesn't think it's going to be that, that close, but I think it all points to the under for me. Missouri, Illinois under buy price for me down to 128. As long as you can get 128 and up, it's a go for me. Missouri, Illinois under best bet. What say you, AJ Hoffman? Well, well, it looks like all three of us are on the same page. Uh, I, it's all, it, these teams are both just snails. So it, it's a, I don't like Missouri's offense at all. Uh, and Illinois is a team that I, I've really loved since last year, and I got burned a little bit because they are a very high-variance team uh, as far as their performance, but they're not a kind of team that blows up on the offensive end of the, of the ball. So I, I, I like both of you uh, on the under there. I agree with that completely, but I also like Illinois, and we'll, we'll set the line now at, at minus 3.5. Um, I, I think that they are coming into their own. They're well coached. I love Brad Underwood particularly more than, than I like Quanzo. Uh, and, and they've got legit NBA talent on the floor. Desumu, uh, Kofi Coburn is is a monster. He's sort of a, a miniature Zion Williamson. If you if you haven't seen him play, he is a freakishly big man and can move for someone his size. It, it's really incredible. Uh, but but. Well, like I said before, Missouri, it, just a poor half-court offense. They cannot shoot threes. Uh, and, and Coburn, while he's not a shot blocker, he does change the way teams run their offense. He makes it very difficult for teams to get the ball down low. So I don't know where the points come for, from for Missouri. Uh, and, and I will say Illinois may have found something in Allen Griffin, who scored 15 points off the bench versus Old Dominion in their last time out. And Brad Underwood called him an elite outside shooter uh, which is something that, that Illinois hasn't really had. They, they That's the one piece that's been missing for them is a real outside shooting threat, and he seems to think that Alan Griffin may be that. Tevion Jones is back from suspension. He's adding some more depth. Uh, Isvanishvili is is a guy who was like maybe their second or third most important player last year. He, he's maybe their fifth most important guy this year. That, that team keeps adding talent. They keep getting better. Uh, the craziest number on Illinois, they rebound – 39% of their own misses. Wow. Think about that. All the all the shots you miss over the course of a game, you get a second chance on almost 40% of them. That adds up over the course of time. I like this Illinois team a lot. Uh, you'll probably hear me on them a lot early in the season until, until, until the market year, I adjusts. I was. I, yep. I, I love Underwood, and, and I, I love this team. So I, I'm on Illinois minus 3.5 and, and and the under, uh, and I'm with you. I'll, I'll put it down to I'll put it down to 130. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you get full agreement from me. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, with Sleepy J, AJ, and myself all on the under, oof, that, that, that's a lot of people on the under on one game, and hopefully we're not in this position. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. Let's hope to start off the best bets with a, a nice, easy winner on the under Missouri, Illinois. Any closing thoughts on this one? That's it, my man. All right, let's move along. The Crossroads Classic uh, played in Indianapolis each year. It's between four teams. It's Notre Dame, it's Indiana, it's Purdue and Butler. They play each other kind of a round robin. Uh, they rotate, not necessarily play. Everyone plays one another in one season, but they rotate throughout the course uh, of year after year. And in this particular game, a real solid matchup, Purdue and Butler, and this one projected line, I got I think it's going to be close to pick them here between the Boilers and the Bulldogs. Uh, I, I'll let you lead the way. I'm on another total. We won't bore the audience too much with another total uh, in a low-scoring game. What, what side do you uh, prefer here, AJ? 
I, I lean to Butler. These teams are, are basically even in, in all their statistical metrics and in Kempom. But P- Butler is 10-1 and one while Purdue is 7-4. and four. And Butler has some really good wins, five wins over top 100 teams. They've been very solid against the spread at 8-3. and three. This is going to be an ugly game. It's going to be hard to watch. It's not going to be fun if you're if you're a basketball fan. If you like offense, this is not going to be a fun game. And if you remember last year's Crossroad Classic, I think Purdue was about six and four, seven and four headed into it. Then they started off slow, and they got their doors blown off by Notre Dame. This team is even worse than last year's team. And and Purdue obviously they they turned it on in Big Ten play, had a great run in the tournament. But there's no Carson Edwards. There's no Ryan Klein. There's just not a real shooter on this Purdue team. Uh, and I don't know where their offense is going to come from over the course of the season. What actually is making me lean Butler, because I do have these teams pretty even, Matt Harms still being in concussion protocol, and, and I'm assuming that he's not going to end up playing. That's a key guy for for them defensively for Purdue. So I, my lean is to Butler here, but I, I'm not real strong on this one way or the other. Yeah, someone who is stronger on it. Mr. Dave Esler, who we like to say has been winning since Moses was in short pants. Let's listen to what Dave Esler has on this game. Yeah, Purdue Butler. Uh, Purdue's played a somewhat tougher schedule. They've also lost four games, including an inexcusable one in Nebraska by 14. And even without harms for much of that game, that just shouldn't happen. And Butler beat in succession Missouri and Stanford in Kansas City. Mississippi on the road hammered the Gators at home. And that's important because Florida plays a similar style to Purdue. And Purdue is a terrible free-throw shooting team, something I cannot get behind in what will be a low-scoring game. Purdue might not have harms back for this game. Butler is super experienced, and I think many of these kids probably remember losing this game in this venue to this team two years ago by 15 points. Yes, Purdue has a length advantage. So did Stanford, Minnesota, and Florida, all teams Butler beat. I like the Bulldogs to get this done, and I like this to stay under the number, what should be 118-119. All right, that's Dave Esler. I'm going to go to the total again. I'm going under, and it's going to be a low total because, you know, obviously neither team has been lighting the world on fire when it comes to scoring. In fact, both teams are combined 16-5 and to the under this year. I'll call it right around 120. It could be, you know, 117, 118, 119, uh, somewhere in that range. I'm going to go under the total here. Both teams do not like the run pace and tempo, both bottom 10 in the country. And we're talking 350 teams, folks, and you're, when you're bottom 10 in tempo, that, that's pretty slow. Purdue does have the better D. They played the tougher schedule. The harms thing kept me off of uh, what AJ mentioned. That kept me off Purdue, actually. Uh, Purdue does have the height advantage, but won't necessarily be the case if Harms isn't in there. I'm on the under. I think it's going to be a super competitive game. Again, neutral site uh, means a lot to, to either team to, to get a nice win here to start off the season. Under 120 for me. Any closing thoughts, AJ? No, I agree with you on the under. I think this game's played in the 50s. And uh, and really the only guy on, the, on either side that is a, a real scorer is Kamar Baldwin. So for Butler, I I think it's just going to be really hard for both teams to produce a whole lot of offense, and it's it's going to be a rock fight game. All right. This one won't be a rock fight game. This is going to be a hell of a game, one of the better games, at least on paper with name brands, uh, that that we'll see early on in the college basketball season. It will be played here, T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, 5.15 p.m. Eastern on CBS. You have the number five. The, the, I like how you put in your notes here, T-O-S-U. What is that, man? Are you a shill for the Buckeyes? No, it's it's the way that I can separate Ohio State from Oklahoma State. It's the, oh my it's God. the only so way put I, the lowercase if, if I write T-O-S-U. notes. Yeah, if I put Jeez, that in my notes, I'll they always have know. Sold, yeah. if, they, if they have you doing that, then they've already won, man. I'm from <laughs> Ohio. I, I saw that this morning. I almost threw up in my mouth. I shill for no one. I don't, All right. None of these universities give me money. All right, the, the, the Ohio State University Buckeyes. Yeah, give them credit. They got a lot to ex- be excited about. Football teams in the playoffs, basketball teams looking good. They're taking on a team that didn't look good just last night right here in Vegas, losing outright, getting outright upset by Utah. It's Ohio State taking on Kentucky. My line by, might be a little short here. Projected line, I'm going to call it Ohio State 
minus five. I'll lead the way here. Let's first, though, talk Ohio State. I think clearly has been one of the bigger surprises in the country this year. They're expected to be you know, top 20. Top 20, good. Chris Holtman's doing a good job. He's in his third year there. You know, They made the tournament the Buckeyes did a year ago, taking another step and then some this year. Because right now, if you do go to Ken Palm and you see his ratings right there on the homepage, that's actually free. If you just go to KenBomb.com, you can at least see all his power ratings for free. Ohio State's number one in the country, not Kansas, Ohio State, the Ohio State. Offense and defense efficiencies, both in the top 10. Effective field goal percentage, both offense and defense is in the top five. What does worry me here, Ohio State's been playing a lot of games. Third game in six days for them. Kentucky is off the loss against Utah right here in Las Vegas on Wednesday. I think they'll be super motivated coming off that loss. But I started doing some research. I would think Kentucky, well, they don't lose very often under John Calipari. How do they do off a loss? This actually surprised me. This got me off of liking Kentucky. Went from a like to a lean. 46% 46% against the spread off a straight-up loss under Calipari. I would have thought it was better than that, that they'd rally. Um, maybe there's kind of a you know a little bit of a hangover effect that they're shocked that they lost. This year's Kentucky team, though, isn't as good as some past editions, at least right now. Although Kentucky's played a similar last three, four years where they haven't been good. Makes sense. They're you know so young. And then they start playing their best ball this season in February and March. Kentucky has played a weak schedule so far. That is also a concern for me. Number 329 as far as uh, schedule strength. So just a lean for me on Kentucky uh, plus the five. What say you, AJ? Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm a lean on Kentucky. I do I do also think that this line may be a little bit higher. And, and if it gets if it gets up around six and a half, seven, I may like Kentucky. I agree with that. Uh, agree. This is a this Kentucky team is not we've seen they're not very good against the spread because they're not running away from bad teams, and they they played some really bad teams early in the season and the concern started to come up when Kentucky wasn't blowing these teams out by 25 30 points, and, and I think Kentucky's guards could have some similar success that Minnesota had particularly if Dwayne Washington Jr. is out for Ohio State and I'm not I'm not sure what his status is right now. Uh, I know he, he's banged up with the rib injury. He missed against Minnesota. Uh, he, he missed their last game. And without him, you're looking at just three scholarship guards uh, for Chris Holtman. So that's that's not ideal against a team like Kentucky. And this is a, it impacted the way they subbed against Minnesota. They and because Minnesota gave them three guard looks, he was forcing yeah. he was forcing Ohio State to play with three guards, and they just couldn't do it without Washington out there. So uh, basically changed the way that Ohio State played, and it was very effective. And obviously Washington, who leads that team in minutes per game, is obviously a very key guy for them. If he if he's out, that that's going to that's gonna also probably switch my lean to a like on Kentucky. Uh, this, this also feels like a game that Calipari's guys will get up for. This seems like a, a big game to them, the fact that they're coming off a loss. I'm sure they're, they're excited to get back out there and try to get it back. And uh, yeah, it, it's it. There's a lot. I know it's it's kind of convoluted, and I'm not really giving a, a great answer because I just lean. But there's a lot of things that could change this to a like for me if they if they break Kentucky's way. Good point. A lot of moving variables, and again, if the line comes, you know, a little bit, you know, seven, seven's a key. You know, not only is seven a key number in football, it's a relatively key number in basketball. Five, seven. Uh, so I agree with you. If there is some anti you know, Kentucky bias in the marketplace because it was such a high-profile loss the other night to Utah. Maybe we do see this line climb a little bit higher, and that's the case. I wouldn't mind getting Kentucky at a juicy number. I think you hit the nail on the head. Kentucky plays the level of competition. I mean, they look like world beaters in the opener, uh, but also with a very young team. Uh, you know, the, the Robert Morrises of the world and uh, the, some of the other, the Austin Peas and uh, who, who was the team that they got beat by earlier? It's escaping me. I got to look that up. Uh, the Kentucky got beat yeah, by? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was 24-point 20, dog. I, I'll find that here. Jeez. Oh, Stephen F. Austin. Stephen F. No, no that's that was Duke. No, Evansville. That was Duke. Evansville. Evansville. Stephen F. Austin Thank beat Duke. You. Evansville yeah. beat, Steve, beat Kentucky. One of those teams in, in that, uh, you know, Evansville, Indiana, Kentucky region. But, yeah, they play the level of their competition. I think that's the case here. And, and you know, Calipari apologized to all the fans on Twitter. I was just reading that before the podcast. So 
uh, he's kind of a motivator. I think that they you will see the best uh, effort uh, out of Kentucky on Saturday. Again, a couple leans hey. on Kentucky. Go ahead, AJ. Well, really, I mean, you got to think back. The only really good team that they've played all season long was Michigan State, and they got a win in that game. So, And that doesn't uh, look as good now because Michigan State's struggling, but certainly, I mean, that's a marquee win. Certainly, yeah. But Kentucky's also not nearly as healthy now as they were for that game. Fair enough. All right, a couple leans on Kentucky. Moving along here, AJ's best bet is coming at the end. So make sure you're staying for that. Well, you should be staying regardless. Are you kidding me? Let's move to another neutral site game. Uh, this one's in Chicago, United Center, Iowa, Cincinnati. This one's uh, the primetime game on the Big Ten Network, 9 o'clock tip time for this one. We'll call a projected line with Iowa being right around a four-point favorite. Let We've got a couple likes here. How about a double like here? I'll let AJ start off. Who do you like in this one? I like Iowa. Uh, we we set the line at around minus four. Uh, it is a rematch of last year's tournament matchup. When good point. Iowa I forgot about knocked, that. They knocked off Cincy as a 10 seed, uh, knocking off a 7 seed. And Iowa's been one of the real surprises to me. Their offense is way better than I would have expected. And most of what makes their offense go is they just don't turn the ball over. 11.4% uh, of the, that's their turnover rate. Cincinnati is 188 Iowa's now the second most efficient offense in the country per Kimpom. They're very balanced, good from outside, good inside, good from the free throw line. I, I tend to think that Iowa's for real. Uh, they, they've played the 34th toughest schedule in the country, and and they've they've handled it very nicely. Uh, and Cincinnati, it, we're seeing a big change for them. There's been a big philosophy change with Mick Cronin going out and John Brandon coming in because last year this team was 338th in tempo. They were a grinding team. And this year they've been they're 116th in tempo under Brandon. That's a that's a massive jump in one year with almost all the same parts in place. Jerron Cumberland's struggled with the new tempo, with the new pacing of their offense, uh, and they've had some really concerning losses. Uh, Colgate, Bowling Green, losses like that are red flags. So I, I I'm not sure if this Cincinnati team has carried over quite as well as people thought they would. It's a like on me for Iowa minus four. Yeah, it's a like for me, too. My only concern would be Iowa hasn't played in about nine days. I mean, that could be, I, I could tell you, sometimes in the middle of February, that might be a good thing. Uh, December, do you want that kind of layoff? I mean, you could say, yeah, because a lot of teams, uh, I mean, these kids are, you know, theoretically, quote, quotation marks, still going to class and it's exam week. But will there be a little bit of rest or rust for them Uh since he just beat uh, Tennessee on Wednesday, so that at least was a, a decent performance for them. This, this team still, you're pay, paying a premium from past editions. They've only covered two of their last nine games. Luka Garza is incredible for Iowa, one of the top ten scorers in the country. Had that, I think it was the Michigan game where he had, what, 40-some, even in a loss. Uh, yeah, they played the tougher schedule, Iowa. I think they'll have the crowd edge here. Uh, I think the Iowa fans wouldn't mind spending a, a nice weekend in Chicago. Iowa, double like, A.J. Hoffman, Brad Powers. Any closing thoughts? That's all I got. All right, we got a couple more games here. Well, actually, one more, and then A.J.'s best bet. This one's also in Las Vegas on Saturday. Boy, on paper, it's, you know, two they, of the They thought they had a real gym here, didn't they? They did. <laughs> I don't know about, you know, the Bruins uh, under Cronin in the first year, but, man, on paper, it looks good. It's North Carolina. It's UCLA. We're talking two of the five blue bloods of the sport, but not blue bloods this year. Projected line, I'm going to call it even a North Carolina team off four straight losses. I'll say the Tar Heels are about a seven-point favorite here. That's a projected line. Shows you how bad UCLA has been. I'll lead it off here. I'm going to lean with North Carolina. Six and five on the season. Six and five. Four straight losses. That's the first time that's happened to them in a decade. First time in a decade they've lost four straight. Obviously, Cole Anthony, their best player, is going to be out four, six weeks with injury. He was averaging right around 19 points per game. If you stack rank North Carolina, how disappointing has the Tar Heels been? And you just look at ATS margin. Of all the major college programs, we're talking Power 5, we're even expanding out to even some group of five teams. Out of all the major teams, North Carolina, the most disappointing team in the country, falling short of expectation by about eight points per game. 
They can't figure it out on offense, man. <laughs> Number 300 in effective field goal percentage. They turn the button. They can't force turnovers on defense. I mean, but with that being said, I mean, look at their losses. I mean, they lose to Michigan. They lose to Gonzaga. I mean, they lost by 13 to Gonzaga. They actually covered the spread on the road, a true road game for them uh, on Wednesday night. I think they're taking a major step down in class here from playing a bunch of elite teams, and I think they get the job done. I'm leaning North Carolina. Just a lean, though, North Carolina. What say you? Yeah, just a lean for me as well, mostly because I don't know what this offense is going to be without Cole Anthony. So yep. if UCLA is able to take away Garrison Brooks, who else scores for North Carolina? And I, I don't know that there How is anybody. How does UCLA score, though? I watched them play Notre That's, Dame last weekend. <laughs> that was pathetic. The only that, good thing good about question. that broadcast was Digger Phelps and Bill Walton going head-to-head. Yeah, they're, they're bad from the free throw line, under 70%. Uh, they're 219th in the country in three-point percentage. Uh, here, here's an interesting stat. You, North Carolina, they've, they've scored under 65 points in four of their five losses. UCLA, they're 7-0 and when the opponent scores less than 65, 0-4 when they top 65. Mm. So it, we'll see if North Carolina can get their offense going. It, it, they started out the season, Carolina did, looking like they were an elite offensive rebounding team. But in this little six-game stretch where they've, they've lost five of six, their average is nearly three less offensive rebounds per game. So now they're just kind of a solid offensive rebounding team. Uh, I, I think the key to this game is Carolina controlling the tempo. And if this game gets any kind of up-tempo, I, I don't know that Mick Cronin's boys w- yeah. will be able to to keep up. So I, I think that's what they need to count on. They need to control the tempo of the game. And I, I expect they'll be able to get some separation. Seven's a big number on a team that I, I don't trust to score but that's the way I'd have to lean because I, I don't see where UCLA gets it either. Fair enough. Again, agreement. Two leans, North Carolina, right around seven. That might be a little high now that I'm thinking about it uh, because some of the full season stats, one thing that Ken Palm and the Jeff Sagarins of the world uh, don't take into consideration is injuries as much. So, you know, those early season games with Anthony in the lineup are going to be factored in their power rating. So, might actually be a little expensive here, man. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if the number comes a little shorter on North Carolina. Keep that in mind there. Two leans on Carolina. We're come to the final game on this podcast. Yes, it was fast moving. Yeah, we're not going three or four hours like some of our other podcasts here. They'll go longer as we get into March. We'll cover more games. We thought this would be a nice little warm-up. Obviously, I got to improve as a host a little bit. Uh, AJ was just fine uh, there uh, in Houston holding the fourth down. Thank you. Yeah, you were fine. Uh, but you have your own. Your one of your contract stipulations was you couldn't handle Blossom, or maybe you've come around to it a little bit. But it, it, first off, you do not want Blossom as far as your best bet music. We had to come up with a, an entire different sounder to introduce your best bet. Here it is. It can't be done by you, ten guys like you, or a hundred people like you. Nobody can defeat this man. Nobody even can come close to defeating this man. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. The odds-on favorite in Las Vegas. That's what he paid me for. (laughs) He is A.J. Hoffman with a best bet going a little bit off the board here as far as our game rundown. What's your best bet on Saturday? Yeah, this isn't a a game that a lot of people are going to be tripping over to watch but texas a&m hosting oregon state and a little inside information for me because i uh i actually get to interview coach buzz williams every week on my show and he's a very open and honest dude and he realizes that things are not going well uh for texas a&m right now and he is willing to experiment He's looking to play some younger guys. He is looking to to figure out his way, even if it's if it's short term pain, for long term success. And so far, it's been really, really short term painful. Texas A and M, 166th in Kimpom, but the net ratings that just came out have them 284th. The difference is, the net ratings didn't take into account any sort of preseason ranking. So the net rankings are just what they've seen so far this season from that team, Texas A&M, 284th. The next worst Power 5 team in net is Georgia Tech at 180. That is, I mean, that's unbelievable. Over 100 spots between Georgia Tech, the second worst Power 5 team in the net, and Texas A&M. 
over 100 spots. Turnovers have been a huge problem. They're 307th in turnover rate. It's It's been driving Coach Williams crazy. Uh, he's got a recipe, but he doesn't have the groceries he needs. It, he has <laughs> consistently won in his career by having teams that shoot three-pointers well. His worst three-point shooting team his entire time at Virginia Tech shot 35% from three. These Aggies shoot under 24% from outside. They they are a disaster. They've struggled to contain good outside shooters. Trinkle, one of the hottest scorers in the country right now, he's averaging over 20 points per game, over 50% from three. I like Oregon State minus six. I think they roll this Aggie team, even in, even in College Station, where right now they don't have much of a, a home court advantage, particularly over the holidays where there's not going to be many students good there. Good point. There's not, mu- not much buzz around this team, no pun intended, but – uh, I, this is going to be a really long season for Texas A&M, and I don't know that the market's caught up to just how bad they are. They they are a really, really bad team right now. Folks, if you didn't think A.J. Hoffman, or if you're a little unsure about him, what a way to open up the college basketball dream preview with that handicap. Love it. A little inside info. I, I got a, every, uh, every advantage I learned from Fezzik. <laughs> yeah, it's all about those extra advantages, even if they're <laughs> hidden. A lot of uh, Fez's advantages are hidden, but that's fine. Hey, I, I give you credit for even saying you, you came out and said, hey, I talk to this guy all the time. And uh, I do, from past history, but Buzz is, uh, you know, not afraid to speak his mind a little bit. So you get agreement with me. It's hard to argue with that good of a handicap. Oregon State, best bet from A.J. Hoffman, best bet for me, under in the Missouri-Illinois game, right around 130 is the projected line there. And again, is there anything else you want to close with? That's all I got, man. We're hoping we uh, we have a good season again and, and looking forward to getting in here with you after the holidays. All right. And, and guys, again, with the holidays, and it really hurts that, you know, Christmas falls right in the middle of the week because we're usually on Tuesdays and Wednesdays taping college football and NFL pods. I get it. You're spending time with with family. Uh, and what I know a lot of you are still going to want some action on these games, but with a light schedule next week, we're actually going to do an additional college football podcast uh at least rj and myself talk about the playoff games ken thompson and myself if you missed that one uh we go over all 39 bowl games that was just released this week all 39 of them me and kt go down we have the nfl podcast this week and again we'll be back here uh, probably 10 14 days as far as college basketball podcast we thought we'd get one up for the holidays with a couple of the big games uh, going on this weekend uh hopefully you're listening with us all the way through the season And again, we'll be talking to you down the line. Take care. Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.